What's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Bolton, joined by Detective Bolton. Clint, how are you? I'm good. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about navigating grief and healthy strategies for coping with loss. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. Now, loss of life is always so difficult, but I feel like when we lose people that we care about during the holidays, it makes it exceptionally difficult. Yeah, I think it's something like you start correlating that loss to this happy time of year that you have this experience growing up with Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever holiday it may be, where it's kind of a very happy annotation that you have towards it. And losing somebody during the holidays, I think it makes it to where it's harder to to deal with those because one you're you have all those happy memories with that person and then it comes down to is they're no longer there with you yeah and I have a friend he's a retired police officer and he's been struggling with his wife being very very sick for the past three years she got COVID back to back to back and basically it it just wore her down and snowballed into one medical ailment after another medical ailment. And it's crazy to me to think about when COVID first happened and I started to see people who their, their bodies, their immune systems just couldn't handle when they got COVID and being so surprised at certain people who lost their lives because of COVID, because I never would have imagined. And my personal theory is that there there is something that makes that so. There's something that makes it to where one person might survive COVID, where another person, you know, either they pass away almost instantaneously after getting it. Remember during the midst of everything, the fear was if you um, put me on any type of assisted breathing, then that's the end. Yeah, it's something that like you have people fighting against that the the assisted breathing and and trying to prevent that from happening because if that were to happen then there's no coming back from it yeah and, and for me I remember when my mom was sick and I spent nine months taking care of her knowing that she she was dying you know having stage four small cell lung cancer it's very rare for there to be any type of I would say glimmer of hope or sense that things are going to be okay. And for my friend who lost his wife, I think a big difference for him is having spent three years of watching his wife being sick and taking care of her and going in and out of the hospital and rehab and all the things that come along with, you know, trying to make somebody better. And so when you go through the motions, especially for that length of time, I think we could all agree that perhaps we get to a point where you don't want to see somebody fighting so hard anymore to to live each day or fighting so hard anymore just to take their next breath. And I think it makes it a little bit different. And I don't want to say that it it eases the angst or the, the sorrow of losing somebody, but it changes the dynamics in how we feel. And his wife passed away and I, I had a long conversation with him and 
we often don't know how to react when somebody passes away in, in one of our friends or loved ones' lives. And so for me, I, I treated that conversation just as I would for any coaching conversation where you let them set the cadence and you let them sort of guide the conversation. And in doing that, probably I would say like the second hour into our conversation, he was saying how he doesn't know how to be around people because right now everybody just wants to act like they're going off of some checklist where it's like, I'm so sorry for your loss and, you know, all the sad the sad things. And I told him it's because a lot of times with human behavior, we don't know how to act or react when, you know, we're, we're trying to, we want to be there and console somebody and to let them know that we are there to support them, but we don't often know how to. And as he said, it's like that where we're just checking off boxes on the list. And I remember thinking to myself during that conversation, he's, he's handling this very well, but then I also remember thinking to myself, Ash, it's not very surprising because he's been handling this for the past three years. And it also got me thinking about times when, especially being younger, when I would have adults in my life who experienced loss of their spouses or just, you know, loved ones in their lives. And I remember hearing a lot of people offering medication, you know, do you need a blank, right? I have a blank in my purse. Mm -hmm. And it got me thinking about all the times that people take other people up on that offer or they self-medicate with whatever they have. And they do that because they don't want to experience that emotion of grief. They don't want to experience what it feels like in that moment. None of us do. Why would we? But it also had me thinking about how we have such a terrible perception of grief when it comes to choosing medication in order to numb those feelings. And the reason for that is because we, we treat our minds and we treat our thoughts as though they were a wound on our body, a wound on our body. I'm thinking of somebody who perhaps is in a fire. And when you are a burn victim, one of the first things that they do is they put you in a a self-induced coma. And the reason that they do that is because it is so excruciating and unbearable to be able to cope with that kind of pain. But our minds don't work the same way, right? We can't put our minds in a coma and then expect to come out of it and have things start to heal just like our bodies do. It's not the same. No, it's it's something that I think having a conversation with any expert, they'll tell you like you have to be accepting of the stages of grief and, and it's never easy to go through. And it's, it's always something that you don't want to kind of just deal with, but we self-medicate on so many levels and you're never handling your grief to be able to experience it on all levels. Like, and that's the, I think the hardest thing for any of us is you don't want to be in pain. And like you were saying is people are going through that checklist of trying to help and just offering condolences and and kind of going down that route. But it's, it's because people don't know how to handle it and they don't know what's best because it's case by case basis. Yeah, the the correct word here is avoidance. And when we use medication in order to avoid those type of feelings and emotions because we don't want to face them, what happens is it will lead to unresolved grief. 
And in my opinion, and from people I've spoken to, there are a lot of potential long-term side effects of suppressing emotions in that way. I have people that I've worked with and talked to for many years where they will message me or we'll get on a call and they'll tell me about something that happened and the way that it made them feel. And I'll challenge them by asking if they're okay or how, how did you cope with that? And after talking with me long enough, the, the common theme will be something along the lines of, well, I didn't process it in the moment like I should have, Ash. And I told myself I would later. And that's something that I'm continuing to work on. And it, it's so brilliant to come to that realization for ourselves because when we embrace the grieving process, I think that we're able to understand that there are certain stages that have a personal impact on us, but we can't understand what that, that cycle looks like if we're trying to skip out on step one. And, you know, with anything, we always try to kind of hold it down and, and tuck it in and hide it away. But the problem is, is you, if you have this grief that you're going through and you're experiencing, whether it's, it's a loss of a loved one, or it could be just a hardship you're going through. It's something that if you don't, if you just push it off till you procrastinate and deal with it on another day, it's going to make it harder and harder for you to push through. Yeah. And in addition to that, it can also transpire into other forms of behavior that were unintended, like anger, for example. And with all of with all of that in mind, I think it's important for us to arm ourselves if in the event that we have to cope with the loss of a loved one with healthy coping strategies. And of course, I mentioned having the ability to just embrace the grieving process and to understand that no matter how much you don't want to do it, you're going to have to sooner or later. And there are friends and family and support groups, and there are many support systems out there that could be utilized, whether it's somebody you know or somebody you don't. Sometimes it's nice to talk to a perfect stranger about things that you're going through. And sometimes it's nice to just ask somebody to sit there and listen while you talk and specifically ask for no input, but just voice that you need somebody to hold space for you. And of course, we could do other things like journaling or things that are methodic, like like art, for example, or for me going out and cleaning the horse stalls. No, I was just going to say that. Or if you're into woodwork or, you know, things with our hands that allow us to just kind of process things in a different way. And of course, we have professional support or therapy, if that's something that you think might be beneficial for you. And then long-term grief management, Clint, you and I were recently in the store and after my mom having passed away as many years as she has, I can't even believe that it's been this long. We're going on in March, it'll be nine years. And we were one week ago in the store and I see a nightgown, it's white and it has red cardinals on it. And I said to you, I wish I could buy that for my mom. And I just start breaking down crying and Grief is a, a finicky thing because it doesn't matter how long it's been, it might just sneak up on you when you least expect it. And so I think for me, understanding that that sort of thing will happen and it will probably continue to happen, it's okay for those things to happen. So when it comes to long-term grief management, I think having personal rituals or being able to balance 
the way that that feels or having an action plan when something like that does happen is also important. I hope you've gotten some benefit out of today's episode. If you have, do us a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below. And as always, know that I'm sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.